We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. I've been down so long it looked like up to me. They look up to me. I got fake people showing fake love to me straight up to my, I've been wanting to do that all sermon series. Like I I couldn't wait. I'm excited. Yo, God's got an amazing word today. Shout out to Pastor Muta. He's just done such an amazing job just helping mentor me, reeling my knucklehead self in. And speaking of reeling me in, I got my wonderful parents in the building again today. Lou too and Janie have not been to Baskin Robbins since. <laughs> and of course, I would be remiss to not shout out relevant youth. My youth. Youth. I see you. That's my squad right there. I am super excited about the things God is doing with relevant youth and in relevant church. I don't know if any of you guys know about this, but we have every third Sunday of the month, we have underground. It's like a nightclub for kids, but we preach Jesus. Every third Sunday, we pack out the Atomic Bean. It's an amazing night. Darius came up to me today. He's like, yo, we got underground today? I'm like, you know it's not the third Sunday. He's like, oh, man. But it's awesome that knowing that these students want to get so plugged in, they want to get so involved that they want to be there. They, want, they wish underground was every weekend. I don't. That is stressful. <laughs> The adult, see, we have it right here. There we go. So at Underground, this past Underground, I told the, some of our students about that spot in your house where you contemplated running away growing up as a kid. People are like, what? You contemplated running away? Yeah. My parents are like, wait, hold on. This is, a, this is news to me. Yeah, you know, the spot in your room where you have that, that doorstop thingamajig. So... Every, every time you get mad or get sent to your room or get punished, you'd go in there and you'd just be like, I'm going to run away. I ain't never coming back. They don't love me. But that, that spot was like a therapist's chair in the house. But it wasn't only used for, for releasing emotions and anger. It was also good for creative thinking, for brainstorming. Oh, man, I grew up with two other siblings, and we ran our parents ragged. So every time we wanted to do something, every time we wanted to have friends over, every time we wanted to, like, hey, can, can Kevin come over and play? You had to make sure you could plead your case well. So I'd be in my room. All right. What does mom and dad ask me to do lately that I haven't done? All right. What chores need to be done around the house? My dad's going to say, clean your room. So I'd just be sitting there thinking, going over a game plan. Because, you know, every kid turns into a lawyer when they need to present their case to their parents. So, of course, the first person I go to is mom. The caring, understanding. Oh, she's got the caring heart. I go, mother. You got to approach real nice. Mother, as you know, I've been hard at work. I've cleaned up the bathroom. My toys are off the ground. I haven't watched any TV today. I've just been grinding. (laughs) I think I deserve 
I think it would be of good taste for you to agree to allowing me to have Kevin come over to play. Ask your father. <sighs> that, that was like the kiss of death. It was like, eh, well, let me go ask Dad anyway. Just Because you never know. What's the worst they could say, right? The worst they could say is no. And the answer was no. But today we find the Ninevites. They are currently, Jonah had just preached this word to them, and they're like, okay, we need to repent. We need to, we need to talk to God and just ask him to, for forgiveness. And the, what's the worst you could say? No? So they had that in mind. So let me catch you all up real quick. Have you, first off, this is going to sound like a little side tangent, but I'll bring it all back in in a second. You ever watched on Netflix, you're watching a series, you're just fully into this series, you're just watching episode after episode, then one random episode, like towards the end of the series, they have a story that doesn't have the main character in it. So you're sitting there, you're like, yo, what's up with this? And it's the weirdest episode because they use it to help develop the storyline, help to give background to some of the characters, but you're just sitting there confused, you're like, yo, where, where, where is Eleven? Where's Al? Shout out to Stranger Things. So, and that episode was really weird and just all over the place. But this is going to kind of follow that model. Our main character, Jonah, has a little to do with this story. He's not the main focus of this story. So I just wanted to give you that uh, little bit of word beforehand. So let me catch you all up real quick, where we're at. I like to make sound effects. So Jonah gets this message downloaded into him by God. He said, hey, I want you to go talk to these Ninevites. Tell them it's curtains for them. It's a wrap for them. I'm coming for them. They've been acting out too long. So Jonah's like, wait, we're talking about going to Nineveh? And those people are crazy over there. I ain't going to Nineveh. That's the last place I want to go. That's the last thing I want to do is talk to those people. I'm good. So Jonah decides to run away. This man gets on a boat. Let me tell you, that's the last place. If I'm trying to run away from God's calling, the last thing I'm going to do is get on a boat. I want to be on land, and, like, I could deal with an earthquake, but the storm outside in the water, I can't deal with that. So he hops on a carnival cruise to try to get away from God and try to get away from his calling. Bam. Storm hits. So he's on the boat. boat's going crazy. All the sailors are like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? They're praying to their gods. Ain't nothing helping. And then they find Jonah asleep. In the ship. And they're like, yo, what's up with you? Don't pray to your God. We need help. We need, we need all the help we can get. And Jonah's like, I serve God, the Lord above, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, well, you need to pray to him too. So they figure out, yo, this is Jonah's fault. Wait, who is this guy anyway? Who let him on the boat? So they figure out it's him. And they toss him overboard. Boom. And then they commit their lives to Christ. Hashtag God's plan. So Jonah is now in the water. He's drowning. Boom. God appoints a fish to swallow him up. A fish to swallow him up? Yes. I've seen God perform many miracles in my lives and the lives of others. So I know if he can do those things, he's fully capable of bringing a fish to come in and swallow up Jonah. It may sound crazy to you, but I know my God. So anyway, this fish swallows up Jonah. And Jonah's like, okay, God, uh, just give me a second chance. I'm, I'm scared. I, I, tr- I trust me. If you, if you bring me back, I will do what you call me to do. And 
God gives him the second chance. Isn't it awesome we serve God a second chances? So God sends the fish to take him back to where he started from because he had to make the decision again for himself. Am I going to be obedient this time and go from Joppa to Nineveh? Or am I going to try to hop back on the next boat to Long Island? So fish spits him out. Back into Joppa. He makes the decision to go to Nineveh. Look at him. Man of his word. So he's going there. He's walking there. Three days journey. And he gets there. He's like, God, you sure? He's like, I'm sure. What do you want me to say? I got eight words. He goes in there. Delivers the message. He didn't run away. I wanted to keep you guys on your toes. He delivered the message. He didn't run away. And then the craziest thing happened. These Ninevites, these people who are used to living for themselves, these people who are used to doing their own thing, these people who are used to to not following any rules, started repenting, started giving their life to Christ. And that's where we left off last week in verse number 5. Let me read that for you real quick. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. So it is pandemonium in Nineveh. People are running around, ripping off their clothes. Ay, Dios mío. Now, they don't speak Spanish there. They don't speak Spanish there. Uh, I found that out in my research. But in my head, they were speaking Spanish. Ay, Dios mío. And they're throwing their clothes down, putting on these, this sackcloth, removing all these garments of like pleasure, and putting on things that are super uncomfortable to them because they want to go into full surrender to God. So they're running around going crazy and making uh, uh, fasting and making this joyful noise for the Lord. Like, yo, God, just forgive us. Forgive us, God. So what happens next is super remarkable. But we have the tendency to pass from verses number five and yada, yada, yada our way to verse number 10. The, I want, so today we get the opportunity to really fully dive in on what happens in those verses six through nine and then capstone it with verse number 10. So I'm going to pray over that real quick, and we're going to dive right back into the action. Gracious God, our Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you so much for being here for us, being an awesome God of second chances, uh, being an awesome God of miracles, and we are so thankful for the amazing things that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for uh, continuing to allow us to be here to worship with each other this morning, and we ask that everyone is able to get something from this message. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my Redeemer. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's dive right in. Verse number six. The word reached the king of Nineveh. I'm going to stop right there. The word reached the king of Nineveh. It wasn't, hey, Jonah came up to the king of Nineveh and delivered the message to him so he can deliver the message to all his people. He, it wasn't Jonah delivered to the, the word to the pastor of the first church of Nineveh, church of God in Christ. We, no, he went directly to the people. And the people's response is what got the attention of the king. The people going out fasting, praying. The king is sitting up in his throne, chilling. And doing his own thing. He's getting fed grapes. Somebody with a big banana leaf is fanning him. Someone's like filing his nails. And he's just up there chilling. He has, what's that noise out there? What is going on? So 
yeah, Jonah came in town. Jonah, yeah, he, he was all disgusting looking. He, yeah, he said he was in a fish for three days. A fish for three days? A fish for three days. He stunk. He, he was like, ble- his skin was like bleached from stomach acid of the fish. His, yeah, he looked a mess. Uh, but he said, God said he was going to destroy the city if we don't get our act together. He's... The public outcry of the people is what got the attention of the king. Your public outcry, it directly affects the salvation of your friends and family. What does that mean? The way we interact with each other on Facebook, on, in, on social media, in public, those things, we, uh, us announcing that God, how he's working in our lives, directly affects the salvation of our friends and family. We see, we, we see you in here every Sunday. I see you move. You're moving mountains. You guys are worshiping your tails off. But nobody would know what God is doing, the mountains he's moving, if you don't tell them. You made a way when there was no way. But if you don't tell nobody, how are they supposed to see the change? How are they supposed to be changed? Your public outcry directly affects the salvation of your friends and family. So, what does that mean? I'm going to dive further into this. On social media, I refuse to put on a veneer acting like my life is perfect when I know that my posts can directly affect someone's salvation. But Lewis... I don't get a lot of likes on Instagram. My, my Motivation Monday, Transformation Tuesday, my Wisdom Wednesday. Those things don't get any attention on social media. How? Point number one, fake love cares only about appearance. Real love is transparent. What does social media have to do with that? I'm telling you, nobody cares about my posts. Nobody, I don't get, I get like five likes on my posts. Now, that quote was motivational. It came straight from John Maxwell. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a leader. Point number two. Yeah, right. You jump right into point number. I said point number one already, girl. You want me to say it already? You want me to say it again? I will repeat it for you. Point number one. Fake love cares only about appearance. You got that? Real love is transparent. Point number two. For those who are listening, Maddie. <laughs> God's not limited with our small thinking. He's limited by our small obedience. I'm going to repeat it. God's not limited with our small thinking. He's limited by our small obedience. Let me tell you something. Many of you here today learned about Relevant Church through social media. When people see our public outcry, when they see the lives changed, when they see the lives transformed, when they see the families healed, that's, what, that's where their salvation begins. That's when they begin to take notice of the things going on in relevant church and what God is doing in our lives. When they see the families baptized together, Angie and Denver, when they see the transformation stories, Pedro and Allison, that's when lives are changed. And when they notice those things, God's people, that's when the government starts acting right. That's when the schools start acting right. That's when our children start acting right. Our public outcry directly affects the salvation 
of our friends and our family. And the public outcry of the Ninevites got the king to act accordingly. How about that? What did he do? So he got the word. He's like, okay, Jonah is out here. Okay. Continue verse number six. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. The king's mindset shifted as well, just like his people. The king began to think about his own skeletons, the things that he was doing wrong in his life. He realized how broken he was when he received this message. And he immediately got up from his throne and took off his robe. That's a sign of authority. That's a sign of power. That's the thing that separates him from the commoners. He got off his throne and took off his robe to come put on sackcloth and get uncomfortable just like everybody else. He said, there was no separation between myself and everyone else. I'm just as bad as all of you. I'm in it just as bad. I'm a sinner too. I need to repent too. This is the king. The king is, he, need, he realized that how debased his mind was, how broken he was in those moments too. So he got off his throne and took off his robe. Isn't that funny how that kind of parallels with Jesus? How Jesus got off his heavenly throne, took off his heavenly robe, all to come down to save us. But the difference is, when the king of Nineveh did it, it was out of repentance. And when Jesus did it, it was out of love. So the king decides to issue a fast. Check out what it says here. Verse number 7. And he issued a proclamation and published it through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. So the king basically got out there, sent somebody out there to say, this is from the king, keep doing what you're doing. They were already out there fast, and they were already doing these things. What we see here is the people were leading the charge. They didn't need the king to issue a statement. They didn't need the king to make a proclamation. They didn't need public opinion to dictate their mentality. They knew that they needed salvation for themselves. So the king issues a fast. If they weren't doing it before, now they're going to do it now. So they had this fast. No water, no food. They're depriving themselves of their comforts, of of things that they they need daily, relying fully on God. That's what a fast is. So they're doing this because they needed a breakthrough. And they know these are people who were used so used to doing things how they want, when they want. But they had to completely separate from that mindset because they need no. They knew that they needed God and that there was no other person that could save them. They they no longer could live for themselves. They had to live for God from here on out. They needed that breakthrough. Forty days. Ooh, you better get your stuff in order, Nineveh. I think about Denver with that fast we had earlier in the year. That man, I see you back there, Denver. When Denver was in my regroup. I, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. He was in my regroup. Listen, what happens at regroup stays at regroup, but this is public knowledge. We fasted as a church. And Denver, this is his first time diving into a fast. Him and Angie just really started diving into the church. And their family, as a family, as a family unit, just started diving into the church, decided to give up any flavored drinks. So they had no pop, no coffee, no energy drinks, no juice, no nothing. The whole family, from Angie and Denver all the way down to Jace, 
Denver was so mad about having to drink water every day. I think this dude hasn't drank water since this fast has ended. Like he's, he's, we're a Gatorade family now. Verse number eight. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Do you guys know what sackcloth is? Sackcloth is this coarse material. Like I said earlier, it's kind of like a, a, a potato bag, but it's made mainly out of goat hair. They wore it. It was super uncomfortable because they wanted to focus on making sure they were uncomfortable, giving up their earthly possessions, all those things. But it said here, but let man and beast be covered. Man, woman, and children, yes. Beast. They're animals. They're pets. They're even wearing sackcloth. In a, the animals were fasting. <laughs> Yo, side note. Can you imagine being a goat in that time? <laughs> like, that sounds like a stupid question, but, like, I want y'all to think about this with me. Like... You cut off my hair to make clothes, and then you put it right back on me. Y'all know how mad I would be? You're cutting off my hair and then putting a wig of my hair back on me. That's disrespectful. I'd be hot. I'd be like, I hate humans. Stupid. But, yeah, what do you gain from cutting off my hair and putting it back on me? (laughs) How about this, though? But that's what it looks like when we apologize instead of repent. We're so quick to take off these, these things that hold us down, this baggage that holds us down, and present it to the Lord like, God, I'm done. I'm done. I'm committing to you. I don't need this in my life. But then when times get tough, we put it right back on. Some of y'all gotten really good at apologizing, me included. God, I'm not going to do that anymore. Find myself right back there doing it. Some of you get that 3 a.m. text, God, I'm not going to talk to him anymore, and get that 3 a.m. text, that what you're doing. Then your ellipses after that, that dot, dot, dot. But we have to make sure that we're in our repentance, in our, in our forgiveness so that we're seeking from God, that we're not just apologizers that we are fully committed to what God is doing in our lives and that we can lean on him in those tough moments when times get tough, when, when things are, when that person at work who does what they do to get on your nerves does what they do. When that person cuts you on traffic and you're about to lose your Christian, you just, you just woke up and had an amazing devotional, but that person cuts you off in traffic and you have to make sure you're still leaning on God. When your friends hit you up and like, hey, come on out, let's not, we're going to get tore up. And you're like, I, I just told God I wouldn't anymore. I'm committing my life to him. You have to make sure you're still leaning on him in those moments. I promise I will never do it again, God. But when you get tested, you have to make sure you're keeping that same energy. It said, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. When we're calling out mightily to God, we're turning away from the things that hold us down, turning away from the violence that's in our hands, the blood of Jesus is in our hands. We have to make sure 
that we're doing that with complete seriousness, with complete full intent to not slip up. Because God, with the power of God, we can we can achieve that, and we can make sure that we 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 cast those things away and, ne- and never look back. And that's what repentance is. It's not apologizing. It's not a one-time thing. It's not lip service to God. Point number three, real love is about action. Fake love is just lip service. Real love is about action. Fake love is just lip service. Let me get in my theological bag real quick. God stirred up something in the hearts of the Ninevites before he got there, before Jonah got there. Before Jonah delivered that word to him, he started stirring up something in their hearts that they knew that they weren't complete, that they knew they weren't whole, that they knew there was something else out there for them. He, he took their, their heart of stone and gave them a heart of flesh. They, these are people who are so used to doing what they want, when they want. I can't stress that enough. These are people who are, have lived for themselves for generations and generations and generations. It's been ingrained in them. But then when somebody shows up weak from a three days journey, tore up from the stomach acid of a fish, they were willing to listen to him, to repent. You don't get that from people who are just away from uh, completely away from any rules and regulations. It takes time. It takes energy. Look at the Israelites. God had sent several prophets, several well-known people to come talk to them. These are God's chosen people. And they still couldn't get out of their own way. But yet God sends Jonah, this dude who doesn't have any care for the Ninevites, this dude who, who ran away from the calling to talk to the Ninevites, the guy who spent three days in a fish, smelled like fish, walking three days in the hot sun from Joppa to Nineveh, and they were willing to receive what the message that God had in store for them? Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart. I'm talking, this is God talking. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God's not only, stirring, not only stirred up the heart of the Ninevites, I believe God is stirring up the hearts of some of the people in here today. Some of you came here today, and you, you had felt something like, I just need to get to church. I, 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 things are going wrong in my life. I, I just know I've been away too long. Some of you may have been, may have fought with that decision this morning. Some of you may have been fighting over this for months or years, and this is your first time back in the church. I thought I was going to burst into flames. I remember uh, hearing that from friends of mine. I thought I was going to burst into flames when I walked into church for the first time. I remember when Pedro got baptized, he said, hold me under a little bit longer because you don't know some of the things I've done. The mindset of the people coming in this morning... I'm so, so proud of everyone that is here this morning because... There's a reason that you're here. This is by no coincidence. God has been stirring up something in your heart, and I'm so excited to be a part of that this morning. I want to encourage you to do one thing. All of us, for for those people who, who may not have that same story, I want to encourage you guys as well. Let's not act like we have it all together. We don't need to uphold this veneer of living this perfect life 
Our story can change the lives of our friends and family. So this morning, I want to encourage you guys to do one thing. Act now. Why wait? See, the Ninevites, if we follow their model, God had been stirring up something in their heart. God had been doing a new thing in their lives. And then when they received that call of action, they stepped right into it. When Jonah came and delivered those eight words, just eight words, they already knew what to do. They knew that they had to commit their lives to Christ. They knew they had to give it all to God at that point because they knew that this is, this is the, the blessing that I've been looking for. This is the saving I've been looking for. This is the salvation that I've been looking for because I can't do it on my own. We can't do it on our own. So I want all of us to lean into this moment and act now like the Ninevites. Why wait? Tomorrow's not promised. We all know that. Why wait? Lean into this moment now. Verse number nine says, Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn his, from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. What's the worst God is going to say? No? Forty days they had spent. They had 40 days to get their act together. And they didn't waste a second of that committing their lives to the Lord. They didn't waste a second of that immediately asking for forgiveness. They didn't waste a second of that on themselves because they knew that there, there was a greater calling. God had more for them. Look at the Ninevites as a model. Act now. I can't plead that enough with all of you. God is doing an amazing thing. They had no guarantee. In verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. Thank God for his grace. We had the same fate as the Ninevites. But thank God for his grace. God was willing to send Jesus down. Jesus was the perfect form of Jonah. Jonah went out of attitude and anger and didn't, he didn't want to be there. Jesus came out of love. God sent Jesus down. He stepped down from his heavenly throne to come to earth because he had you in mind, Maddie. God came to earth. I mean, Jesus came to earth because he had Muta in mind. He had Mason in mind. He had Kenny in mind. When he died on that cross for you, he knew that Jade would need saving. He knew that Shelly would need saving. He died the perfect death so that we would no longer have to, he would no longer have to give that 40-day statement. Jonah came with the message, but Jesus was the message. Act now. Why wait? There's two types of people in this room I want to talk to this morning. Some of you have never stepped foot in church. Some of you have been very unchurched in your life. You're like, this is new to me. This is experience to me, but I feel God moving in my life. I feel something stirring up in my heart and I want to, I, I just don't know what to do next. Act now. And there's uh, people who may have walked away from the Lord for a bit. They may have done their own thing. They may have like, God, I, I know what you have for me, but I'm just going to do my own thing for a while. I, I, I just don't trust you. I just don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling you working in my, in my life, but you've made your way back here. 
act now. Why wait? In a second, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna do something different. I'm 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 see. I might not get the stage ever again now. But I'm going to invite, and you guys can stand up at this moment. I'm going to invite those two groups of people forward as we close out this message and pray over them. If you're part of that group, if that's you this morning, with everyone standing up here, with everyone having your back, I want you to make that bold proclamation today that I'm going to act now. I know that tomorrow is not promised. I know that I need to get myself together. I know that God's working in my life. I want a fresh start. Today I'm asking you to act now in bold faith. If you represent one of those two people this morning, as we close out in prayer, I just ask you to come forward for a special prayer over you, for a special blessing. So, on the count of three, if you're one of those people, I want you to come forward. One, two, three. Is there anybody else this morning? I feel that there's somebody else this morning that that is ready to step into what God's calling them to do. I know that there's some. I know that there's somebody else here this morning. God is telling me there's somebody here this morning that is maybe hesitant right now, maybe afraid right now, maybe afraid of what other people are thinking. But these people are here. Have your back. Amen. Thank you, God, this morning. These people here are here for you. They know that your life, something is being done in your life. They see the change happening in your life. They see you walking forward, acting now, stepping forward in faith. Praise God for these people, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all these people. We thank you for these recommitments, Lord. God is doing an amazing thing in this house, Lord. God is doing an amazing thing here. Let's just pray over these people, over the service, and over the people who may have been a little too scared to come forward. Reach your hands out over them. All of God's people. God, we just thank you so much, Lord. We thank you for the courage that you've given these people to step forward this morning, Lord, and act now. We thank you for for the blessing that you sent to us in the form of Jesus Christ, Lord. We know that without him, we would have had the same fate as the Ninevites, Lord. Without him, we wouldn't be able to get out of our own way, Lord. And we just thank you so much for the blessing that you've been in our lives. We pray a special blessing out over those who had the courage to come forward today, Lord. We just ask that as as they depart from this place, that you continue to uh, download into them, Lord. Continue to to, uh, pull everything out of them that that they have, Lord, because they are committed to you. Let this not just be a moment of apology, Lord. Let this be a moment of repentance. Let this be a moment of salvation. Let this be a a moment of just praise to you, God. We ask that as as we leave this place, Lord, each of us is affected and changed. Each of us is made whole, that you remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, God. We just ask these and many other blessings in your son Jesus' name we pray. 
thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.